everybody. What's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM here on Thursday, January 13th. NFL playoffs right around the corner. That's where we're going to focus most of our attention on this episode of Best on the Board, although we will get some NBA talk in at the end. Michael Beller here with you today. We are going to take a look at the two games on Saturday. We're going to jump over Sunday and look at the Monday night game as well between the Cardinals and the Rams. To do that, I have with me Zach Jackson. Zach, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? I am doing great. I am very excited for this weekend. I am excited especially for uh, one of the games that we're going to be talking about here today. Andrew DeWitt also with us. DeWitt, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing. Ready for playoff football. It's the best best uh, three, four weeks of the year here. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a super fun weekend also with uh, six games ahead of us and uh, it feels... Um, I don't know if I want to say more wide open than we've seen in years past, but uh, it feels a little bit more unpredictable uh, this first opening weekend and uh, the way things will unfold after this weekend than at least in the last couple of years. So uh, it's going to be a fun weekend for sure for just NFL watching, certainly for NFL gambling also. As I said, we're going to take a look at the two Saturday games and the Monday game on this episode of Best on the Board. So the Saturday games, Bengals-Raiders, Bills-Patriots, Monday night football between the Rams and the Cardinals. Let's start with that first game, you guys, Bengals and Raiders. Right now we've got Bengals minus 5.5 on BetMGM. 49 is the total on this game. DeWitt, you and I got together on Monday. We both really liked the Bengals. I actually bet the Bengals right when it came open after the Raiders beat the Chargers in Week 18 last week at minus 6. So it's down to minus 5.5. I still feel good about the Bengals. What are you looking at with this matchup? Uh, yeah, I still like the Bengals, and I took a look at, you know, I'm, I was a little surprised to see the line come down just because, you know, I think the Bengals are like, they finished the season really strong. Joe mm-hmm. Burrow had a great season mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, Jamar Chase is doing all the things. Like, they seem like they have all the weapons. They have a great running back. The offensive line is pretty meh, and maybe that's why, like, Vegas, like, they're looking at that matchup of, Max Crosby was awesome on Sunday night, and they're looking at that Bengals offensive line, going, "Oh boy, that's gonna be that's gonna be trouble for the Bengals because yep. they're gonna, you know, Burrow, Joe Burrow is gonna be under pressure all day, and he's gonna be scrambling, and that's kind of when he makes his mistakes. So I could see that kind of being a concern. Um, yeah, I mean, I was kind of looking at some of the player props, and I'm sticking with my Bengals pick. Um, I got him at minus six as well, and then mm-hmm. I was looking like Hunter Renfro is uh, eleven to one to score the first touchdown. I kind of like that as like. Something to play just to have something like to go and like this is more and we've talked about this a lot is like these first touchdown props are just a lot of fun to play from a like watching the game perspective. You usually get an immediate something to root, sweat. Right. You get something to root for. <laughs> you're like, all right, if they're down in the red zone. Uh-huh. And there was a couple of times like I mean, I kept making these picks on our Monday night game our Monday podcast, and I was like, Oh, he was targeted. Or my guy was mm-hmm. targeted in the red zone. Like it's a fun little sweat. Um so I like Hunter Renfro, eleven to one. He keeps getting all these touch like he gets all these red zone yeah. targets. Yeah. So I mean if the, the Raiders get the ball first or they get the you know, they'll win the toss and they or they get the ball first, you know, they're gonna go they're gonna look for Renfro in the the red zone and Derek Carr's like he's Renfro's been his like guy in the red zone, and I think that was pretty clear on Sunday night. So mm-hmm. I like that value at 11 to 1, and we'll see if we can get another first touchdown hit like we did a couple weeks ago. Zach, in covering the Browns, obviously you are very familiar with this Bengals <laughs> team and what they've been building over the last couple of years. How do you look at this matchup? Yeah, you know, for playoff history, for positive playoff history for either team, it's not just going back to before Burrow was born, it's before Derek Carr was born, right? <laughs> um, the Raiders have won close games, but they come in with momentum. Mm-hmm. The Bengals, obviously, um, you know, re- even going back to December first, the Bengals were not in in the mix. Nobody thought they would be a playoff team. They got hot. They have a great passing game. Uh, the defense is much much improved 
over the past couple of years. So, you know, I'm looking at the weather here. It concerns me. Um, you know, I'm looking at Max Crosby if I'm betting the Bengals because that concerns me. But it, it, I don't have much of a strong feel here, guys. But mm-hmm. if I'm with you on the Bengals, I am looking at Renfro props, as you mentioned. The only thing that gives me – I mean, Renfro's on a historic tear the last couple of months, right? Uh, the only thing that gives me pause is Darren Waller is back. So mm-hmm. if you like the Bengals to score points and, and to cover the spread, then either the Renfro or Waller or maybe both over props are probably going to hit coming back. So – um, just because of the weather and because of the lack of history here, I, I this is probably the game of the whole weekend that I had the least strong feelings on. But I, mm-hmm. I would certainly be be looking at Renfro, and I do think the Bengals win the game if you're looking to money line parlay tease things like that. Under perhaps, I mean, if you're if you're thinking about two teams that have basically no playoff history, basically no one on the teams has any sort of playoff track record, and then you throw those potentially very very cold temperatures in Cincinnati into the mix. Yeah, I mean, I hate to get too caught up in that, but Derek mm-hmm. Carr's historic numbers in under 32 degrees or 40 degrees are bad. Both teams have good kickers. They trust them. They'll settle mm-hmm. for three after yeah, the long drive, right? So it, do, it does make a little sense. I know the first half under dropped a point, a point and a half, mm-hmm. you know, Wednesday-ish, Thursday-ish when the, when the forecast came out. I haven't seen the most updated one, but having been to Cincinnati, uh, wind can be a factor there. And it's, you know, it's Southwest Ohio, but it's Ohio in mid January. Um, <laughs> if it's seven degrees, it's going to feel like seven degrees. Yeah. yeah uh, it's definitely I just, so- I just looked at the, the wind. They was like less than 10 miles an hour. So I think the wind isn't going to be a huge factor, especially in yeah. the kicking game. Cause like, like you said, those teams will both kick if they're able to. So, and that stadium is not like a terrible kicking stadium for kickers. So, yeah, I like, I'm still on the Bengals, And this is one where I actually might even already have an existing minus six bet. I might, if it stays at five and a half, just throw a little more on it, right? Because if my six is going to push, at least it'll win at five and a half. So maybe just uh, add a touch onto it uh, with six being a key number in the football gambling world. Love what the Bengals uh, have shown us over this last month. And you're right, Zach. I mean, we weren't really talking about them as this huge, like deep into the playoffs contender a month ago, the way that they're being talked about now. But uh, I, I don't think you can overstate the importance of that Chiefs game and the way they came back in that game and the statement of that victory and the way that they did it in such a way that we want to see the Bengals winning games with Joe Burrow having big days and the team throwing up 34 points the way they did against the Chiefs. Like if we're if we're drawing up a script for Bengals making a run and winning this game and then maybe knocking off the Titans and playing an AFC championship game, it's behind the passing game. And that's true. And so we've seen that over the last month, five weeks or so from this team, really dating back to that win over the depleted Ravens when Burrow had that 525-yard game. So if they can bring that into the playoffs here, I think we could be talking about them as a team that's playing in the AFC Championship game, and I think it all gets started this week with a comfortable win against the Raiders. Yeah, I think so too, and I think that's the scary part if you do like the under, right? Look at mm-hmm. look at what Burrow did in December, and tell me you could take that under with confidence if you like mm-hmm. the Bengals, right? Yeah. If, if you like the under, <laughs> you're betting on the weather, and you're betting on a methodical game of teams kind of feeling each other out. Um, you know, you're certainly not saying Burrow's going to play great and it's right. going to stay under unless you think the Raiders just aren't going to score at all. Right, like 34 to 7. That's really right. the only way you can think about it that way. And it's sort of hard to get your mind wrapped around that sort of uh, unfolding between the Bengals and the Raiders. Uh, next game, I think, maybe is going to give us a few more under bets than what we're going to see for Bengals and Raiders. It is Bills Patriots 3 this season. Of course, these two teams split their regular season matchups in this playoff matchup. The Bills are favored by four. The total is 44. And this is one, you guys, where we know weather could be a factor in Buffalo again this week, as you know, we would come to expect in the middle of January in Buffalo, if not precipitation, at least cold and wind. And we saw 
These two teams played each other twice. One where uh, weather was a significant factor, and the Patriots grinded their way to a low-scoring win where Mac Jones threw the ball three times. We saw a game where wind was, or where weather was not a factor, and the Bills took care of business in emphatic fashion. And I think that's really where we have to follow uh, here, you guys, because to me, the Bills are comfortably the better team. And if weather is not going to be a significant factor, I don't see the Patriots being able to stick with them. What are you looking at with this one, Zach? Yeah, I like the first half under. Um, as mm-hmm. you know, Michael, when when division teams play a second or a third time, uh, first half under is somewhere I lean. I specifically look at these teams, coaches that know one another, um, strong defenses to start with, zero degrees, or maybe maybe the warmest it will be was zero <laughs> degrees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think the shape of the game, right? I, I don't think – uh, in the first quarter on fourth and two at midfield that either coach is going to go for it. I think they're going to punt and trust their defense, right? Um, we obviously had extreme weather in the first meeting that, mm-hmm. that caused the, the the very low scoring game. But I think it's a feel-em-out game. I think Buffalo's a little better, but I think both teams are, are a little cautious. I think the defenses dominate. I think it's a 10-6-ish, you know, 7-3-ish type game. It half that maybe opens up in the second half. But again, you're looking at January weather. You're looking at opponents that know each other. And the Patriots are saying, we are going to run and we're going to trust our defense. Yes, we like Mac Jones, but they're not asking Mac Jones to go win this game. Mm-hmm. They're asking their defense and their running backs to try to win this game for them. Yeah, uh, totally with you there. And it's all, that all also is part of the reason why I like the Bills at minus four. I just feel like the Patriots are going to – I mean, they don't need that extreme weather. That would be sort of ridiculous on its face to say that they need that sort of game or they need that sort of element impact to ultimately win this game. I mean, they are a quality team. They're here for a reason. They were in the AFC hunt right down to the end of the line for a reason. But I do think that they need some sort of – they need to get the Bills playing a way that the Bills don't want to play if they're going to win this game. And I just I find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to do that. I, I really like the Bills, again, to uh, reannounce themselves as one of the uh, real contenders in the AFC and ultimately win this game relatively comfortably. I think Bills minus four is a really nice play unless we get word come Saturday that the wind is going to be an extreme factor in this one. How about you, DeWitt? What are you looking at for this matchup? Uh, going back to the first touchdowns, uh, Josh Allen, 12 yes, to one. Like, I love this. I love a I quarterback mean, first touchdown. Prop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> like Zach said, like you kind of have like this, um, you know, it's going to be a rushing game slow uh-huh. and like the bills just love rushing Josh Allen in the red zone. Yes, so I just yes. love the value I'm getting there. Um, another thing I was like looking at Mac Jones is, uh, player props for rushing yard is only like seven and a half yards. Like, <laughs> do we think that he could just scramble for seven and a half yards at some point in this game because if the bills get up then he's gonna be forced to pass Mm -hmm. a little bit more and that kind of sets him up for like a scramble you know especially like in a two-minute drill situation or late in the game when they're trying to come back so i kind of like mac jones over seven and a half (laughs) yards rushing but that's just based on that i think the bills are kind of going to be in control at the end but um yeah this 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 could be an interesting game just depending on how it plays out um like if you know the Bills are able to score and get up early. That forces Mac Jones to like have to play. But if the Patriots can get up or force an interception, mm-hmm. then you know that kind of plays into their mindset. And that kind of get that's where it gets scary is when Bill Belichick's in control of the game and controlling tempo and controlling how the game comes. So that's that's kind of like where I'm kind of watching this game. I think this game is like a really good live betting opportunity. Is if like yeah. you can kind of see how this is going and like mm-hmm. there might be some a lot more high scoring in the second half. And I it's there could be a lot more back and forth once these teams feel each other out and they kind of know what they're playing for. And if the wind isn't going to be a huge factor, it's looked like it's going to be like less than 15 miles an hour, which is probably like the standard of like wind becoming a factor in an NFL game. So mm-hmm. 
it's just be interesting to see how this game plays out. And I think there could be like some good betting opportunities, like especially in the second half, especially if you watch the game, see how it's playing out, how Belichick's playing. If he's being super conservative and running Damian Harris a bunch and Stevenson, like, or if he's trying to like attack the Bills defense and actually try and put up points, I think that's going to be the key. If I'm the Bills, like we we know that you you in the NFL in college football these days you you defer right you defer to the second half and and you take the ball in the second half. If I'm the Bills and I win the toss, I'm taking the ball. I want to go out there and assert my dominance right away. And we know that I mean this Patriots team, it's just not built to play from behind. And if you look at that big win streak they had in the middle of the season, I don't think. I don't know if they were down in any of those games. Those are games where they got out to quick starts against inferior opponents and they never let up. And uh, like, if you put them down, if you put this team down seven, nothing right off the bat, they really have a lot of trouble against a quality team like the bills. So I'm probably taking the ball. If I'm the bills, if I win the toss and I don't know, like, I don't know. I, like I could, I could see us closing the door on Saturday night and not quite feeling like we just relived the college football playoff semifinals, but coming close to it, I think that the Bengals and Bills are uh, really two of the better favorite bets on the board for this weekend. Either you guys want to make a case for the Patriots plus four here. Are we all on the same page? Yeah, I, I think the Bills win the game. You know, mm-hmm. as I'm looking, and, and I was 30 minutes ago, um, what, if I'm, am I going to parlay? Am I going to tease? Try to get something open to Monday, sure. something like that. Um, mm-hmm. The Bills were my first circle, right? I, obviously, I think the Chiefs are going to win, and, mm-hmm. and the Bucks are more than a touchdown fave. But um, as far as, like, realistic prices, I think the Bills are going to win a low-scoring game here. I like the first half under. I like the game under. And I like the Bills in a 17-10, 20-10 type game. Let's uh, let's see those two favorites come through. I'll be feeling good about that if that ends up being the case. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump over Sunday, as I said, you guys, and take a look at the Monday night game where personally I'm feeling the underdog a little bit. We've got Rams minus four against the Cardinals, 49 and a half the total in this game. Just like the one we talked about, this is another divisional matchup, the third time that the Rams and Cardinals will see each other this season. And two teams that come into the playoffs reeling, you guys, absolutely reeling. These were teams that were playing for something in Week 18 against uh, divisional opponents that they were both favorites against. The Rams end up losing to the 49ers to get the 49ers into the playoffs. The Rams fall down from the two-seed to the four-seed. That opened the door for the Cardinals to win the game and win the NFC West and flip this and be playing at home, and they lose to a somewhat hapless, maybe not quite as bad as their record Seahawks team, and both these teams just come in reeling the Cardinals even more so. This is probably a stay away from me, you guys, just because I really don't know what to make of either of these teams heading into the playoffs. How about you, DeWitt? What are you looking at with this matchup? I think I like the Cardinals, but also the Rams won. <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't exactly. know. That tone like, of your I, voice says it all. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was looking back. Like The Rams did win five of their last six games, and they, I mean... Unfortunately, none of those are against playoff teams outside mm-hmm. of the Cardinals matchup. Um, I I was looking at the like the matchups between the Rams and Cardinals this year. The, both of these games went over fifty points. Yep. Uh, pretty easily. Like one game was fifty three and one was fifty nine. The total is set at forty nine and a half. Um, 
Man, it's just the Cardinals are getting <laughs> healthier though. Like Rodney Hudson, their center, like uh-huh. all pro center, he's great. And when Kyler, like Kyler Murray, is getting healthier, but I don't think we ever truly know what Kyler Murray, Murray's health is because he has just been like last year in the first half he was great, and then he got yeah. hurt. This year he got hurt again, and now it seems like Didn't he's getting run. Hel- did not want to run when he was around that injury. Right, and now, but last week he ran for 200 yards. So is he healthy again, and he's like going to be Kyler who runs and passes and does everything that he can, or is he going to be concerned? Or are the Rams just going to corral him and just say, you're not running, throw the ball and beat us that way? So that's, like, there's so many layers of this game that I'm having difficulty understanding where it's going to go. And that's that's kind of when you're like, just don't even bet it because it's not (laughs) worth it. But probably on Monday we'll be like, oh, let's put some money down because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean that's that that right there is why I'm in on the if I'm gonna make a play on this as I'm sitting here what we're days away from this going one still kicking off I like the Cardinals getting the points because they feel like relatively evenly matched teams and a healthy a healthy Kyler Murray totally changes the equation for the Cardinals How about you Zach Yeah I have a play on this game um, one of my stronger plays and it is both teams to get to twenty points It's only minus one twenty So take the hard and fast rule about the division teams feeling each other out and throw it out the window right? <laughs> These teams played eight quarters. Guys, they only had a 19% punt rate in those games. They zoomed. That's pretty good. Both quarterbacks are talented. Both receiving cores are talented. Obviously, they missed DeAndre Hopkins. Who wouldn't, right? I, I like what you guys said about Kyler. It's extra rest. It's the playoffs. It's time to let it loose. He's going to run when he needs to run. He's going to launch it when he can launch it. Uh, I like the Rams to win the game. I do have concerns about Stafford's playoff history. I do have concerns about Stafford's ball security in the last month of the season. But I think this is a turbo-type game. I think both teams get to 24 at least. So not only do I circle immediately both teams get to 20 at minus 120, but there's also a bet, um, a team to win outright. Like I think it's plus 190 Rams in both score 20, plus 350 mm-hmm. Cardinals in both score 20. Yep, sure. And there's a bet, highest scoring team of the weekend. So the Chiefs might score a million, but the winner <laughs> here has a real good chance to be the highest scoring team of the weekend. Yeah, there you go. You could also look at this as the highest scoring game of the weekend, which it has the shortest odds. I want to say off the top of my head to be the it, highest it scoring game, but to, uh, yeah. but still, I mean, when we're talking you, that, you're talking about shortest odds still being like plus three fifty. Sure. So so not a bad look uh, at that. Also, really quick, let's get through one future pick a piece, thirty seconds or less. I'll go first. I'll give you an example of getting through it quick. The Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. I think the Packers are the Super Bowl pick. They're plus 375 uh, to win the Super Bowl. If they're going to win the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be the MVP. So I'll bump up my odds just a little bit. Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl MVP, plus 400. I'm going to keep it short and sweet by saying I can't imagine, I cannot fathom a world in which Aaron Rodgers retires from the NFL with one Super Bowl ring. He gets his second this year, and he does it with a Super Bowl MVP. DeWitt, what's your favorite future for this uh, for this upcoming NFL playoffs? I'm going to take the Bengals to make the uh, win the AFC, make the Super Bowl, and that's just based on let's like hope that the the Bills beat the Patriots. So now the Bengals have the Raiders, pretty easy matchup. Then they would go to Tennessee, where they would be probably slight underdogs, but I really like the matchup there for the Bengals. And then they're going to have to beat the Bills or Chiefs. They've already beaten the Chiefs already once this mm-hmm. year. So I just kind of like their path to the Super Bowl. They did a good job by losing last week <laughs> to get to this yep. good path. So I, I like their path to the Super Bowl. Eight to one seems like it's good value. Typically, I would look and say, oh, can I just like parlay my winnings throughout like on money lines? But I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to get better value than eight to one right now to win, except on that last game, possibly. So, All right. A little longer than 30 seconds, but we'll give you a pass. Zach, <laughs> what do you got for us here? 
I'm listening to what Andrew says. I'm holding a Bills to win the AFC ticket at plus 385 or something like that. But from my one choice here, I'm keeping it simple. I'm going Packers over Chiefs in the Super Bowl. 12 to 1 is nice enough. I don't have to go to the 35 to 40 to 1 here. I'm with you, Michael. I've been on the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour train all year long. I think Pat Mahomes is going to win the AFC again. I'll take Packers over Chiefs 12 to 1. I think that's the matchup as well, and I like the Packers there. So obviously, clearly, I like this bet. Also at twelve to one, that's going to do it for this first of many playoff editions of Best on the Board that we'll be looking at. Dewitt, Zach, thanks for being with us. Good luck this weekend, you guys. Have a good one. Okay, let's turn the page over to the NBA Thursday slate and welcome on Tass Mellis. Looking good in that new no dunk studio, Tass. What's going on, man? Just basking in the new studio, enjoying it. (laughs) If you hear a little chatter from the fellas. Oh, we're chattering. We're chattering, guys. Just being dudes over here. Chatter, chatter, chatter. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, it looks great. We are very happy to have you on. And let's keep this hot streak rolling. Let's keep this prop-based hot streak rolling, in fact, because we went 3-1 and one as a tandem for the second straight week. We are hitting on these You carried me. You carried me, Michael. Hey, man, you carried me early in the season. I've been hot, a little bit hot lately. Between the two of us, you're 13-8. and eight, I'm 8-6. Eight and six. So we are looking very good so far for this NBA season. It's Thursday. It's a shorter slate than what we typically are talking about when we, you and I are getting together on Mondays, but it is a fun, fun slate uh, highlighted by that Bucks warriors game, as I said, and that's where you take us for our first pick of the day. Yeah, I like Steph Curry in that game to go over 26 and a half points. They're playing the Bucks on TNT. Steph has not been shooting well recently. In fact, the Warriors offense was called out by head coach Steve Kerr. And I feel like they will absolutely respond to that. There will be better shots taken. And they've sort of been working in Clay Thompson the last couple of games. So they haven't been themselves. And then you go up against a Bucks team that is most likely, very, very, very likely not going to be playing Drew Holiday against Steph mm-hmm. Curry. So I think... Uh, Curry sort of refocuses, and that's what he does after bad games. He, he relocks in when his shot is off. Is 26 and a half points even a lot for Steph? I don't really <laughs> think so at all. And uh, especially with uh, what Kevin Durant did yesterday, it just seems like those two guys are in lockstep this season. One, two in the MVP conversation, the former teammates. Katie had a great game yesterday. I think Steph bounces back to, again, 26 and a half, I think uh, will be a pretty – Easy number for him to attain, especially with the way he's been playing recently. Uh, I think that the Warriors bounce back on national TV led by Steph. You know, you you, uh, mentioned something that led me right to where I wanted to go because uh, everything you say about Steph in this game against Milwaukee, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. We're in lockstep on that one. I think this is one of the better props on the board. Uh, So instead of following up on that, Let's take a look at that MVP discussion really quick. You've got Steph sitting at plus 135. You've got KD sitting at plus 220, as you mentioned. A huge, huge game in a big spotlight against the Bulls in Chicago on Wednesday night. Plus 135 for Steph, plus 220 for Durant. Then you drop down to Giannis, a plus 750. Nikola Jokic, plus 1400. And John Morant, a guy who I'm going to talk about in just a second here, at plus 2500. Any MVP value for you right now with any of those guys or someone beyond those guys? Oof, oof, oof. I, I, I would say no. I would say don't, don't, don't go down the board. Uh, beyond those five, to answer uh-huh. your second part of your question, I, I would stick with the the one-two right now. Yanis is always a, a good play as the sort of the third mm-hmm. uh, guy. But at the same time, uh, the Bucks I think, are priming themselves for uh, the postseason. I think KD, yeah. because he has lower odds than Steph, is probably the way to go uh, because this Warriors stretch – 
uh, as I talked about, about working in Clay Thompson, I think will hurt their record just a tad. So uh, I feel like the the Durant move is mm-hmm. is probably the best move amongst all those. But don't go down the board. Don't yeah. don't get cute uh, with this uh, the NBA MVP vote. No, thank you. If I was going to go with anyone in this race, I would probably end up going to Ja. You mentioned you know Golden State working Clay back in, and you know if they get down the line here. They're starting to, you know, maybe put a little distance between themselves and the rest of the Western Conference. Maybe we see them take a couple of nights off and hurt some of those counting stats that we know are going to be very important in the MVP race. That's not going to be the case with Memphis. And if you if you're t- if you were end up looking at Memphis as a top three team in the West and Ja basically doing what he's been doing all season for the remainder of the season, getting him in at plus twenty five hundred, twenty five to one odds, that's not a bad shot. And he was just at plus five thousand tests like a week ago, so. These could keep coming down. I think if you want to strike on Ja, now is the last opportunity to do it. I want to strike on him tonight. Over 25 and a half points and over one and a half threes. Uh, Grizzlies taking on the Timberwolves. 231 and a half is the total on this game, the highest total on the board by far on this Thursday night. And really, that's enough for me, Tass. You get Ja playing the way he's playing, going up against an overmatched Minnesota team, uh, playing uh, in a game where we're talking about the teams combining to score 230 or more points. I really like John that one to score, score, score over 25 and a half, over one and a half threes. And you can put these two together. Obviously, they work in concert with one another. Really like both of these plays here tonight. Yeah, the, the Timberwolves as well uh, on a bit of a uh, road trip here. So mm-hmm. the fact that they're giving up a ton of points uh, plus being on a road <laughs> trip, that plays well into your hand. The, the last couple games, they've allowed 128 and 123 points. So that's... Uh, Speaks perfectly to what you're saying about Ja. All right, let's look at our last play of the day. It comes to us from you. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 22.5 points is his prop over under tonight. Brooklyn coming off that very late 9 p.m. in Chicago. Local time tip-off. Then they go home now, turn around right away to take on this Oklahoma City team back-to-back. It's a tough back-to-back for sure after what they did in Chicago last night. You've got SGA going over that 22.5 point mark. Yeah, Nets going home, hosting the Thunder against Shea Gilgis-Alexander that's already done that, gone over that 22.5 point number earlier in the season against Brooklyn. And the Brooklyn Nets, is as incredible as they looked last night against mm-hmm. the Chicago Bulls, they will have a bit of a letdown. Uh, th- that if, if history is correct, that's what they're going to do. And I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander will be able to get into the lane. If you look at his recent play, that bodes well for getting over the 22.5 because He's coming off a 32-point night against the Wizards where he shot 22 times. But what I like about it, he's shot 20 times inside the three-point arc. And I think against that Brooklyn Nets perimeter defense, he'll be able to get in there uh, and hit uh, a lot of those two-point shots. So the Nets will sit back and say, yeah, we could beat this OKC team if we turn it on for one quarter. And that's probably right. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I think they'll, they, they won't need to focus on Shea Gilgis-Alexander for four straight quarters. So I think Shea will get over that 22.5-point number uh, although you know, I, I worry about teams that really want to lock down shape, get the ball mm-hmm. out of his hand, see what other OKC players can do. Uh, but in this instance, even though the Nets won last night, uh, they know how mm-hmm. to just relax a little bit and uh, and then turn it on when they want. So I like this huge, huge nationally televised game mm-hmm. to go playing OKC. I, I like Shea jumping over that 22 and a half point line. I got to stick with the props here too, yeah. Michael, because gotten cute playing the sides but the props are what's uh making us some dollars recently 
it's a natural letdown spot for Brooklyn, right? I mean, it's very easy to get yourself up on the road. You're the number two seed in the East right now. The Bulls are the one seed. You were supposed to be here. The Bulls are this insurgent team, uh, upstart team in the East. And so, you know, Brooklyn says, yeah, you guys are a, a cute, fun story and you're a legit contender, but we're going to smack you down a little bit and remind you who was already here, who was supposed to be here coming into the season. It's a much right. different thing going home after that game and taking on an OKC team that you're favored by seven and a half against. So I like this also. I think this is a nice spot for SGA to take care of business, get to his 23, Brooklyn ultimately to win the game. And I love that we're chasing the props. I think we're going to we're going to coin that phrase, right? Trust great players to be great. That's what we're going to do here. We've done that. That's what's led us to our most success so far this season. So I like that. Maybe we can get a, a neon sign somewhere in there that like trust says trust great players to be great eventually. I think we can make that happen here <laughs> in the classic factory. There we go. There we go. That's Tass Mellis from No Dunks joining us on Best on the Board. And that's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. So for Tess, Andrew DeWitt, and Zach Jackson, I am Michael Beller saying thank you for joining us on this episode of Best on the Board. As always, good luck and happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.